0: let's get educated that's why we're here to bring you the stories impacting k-12 classrooms and college campuses it's time for a little education
1: welcome one welcome all I am Katie Patrick, joined by It's a Wonderful Life fan club president, Mr. David Fiorazzo. And before we get started, we want to hear from you, fine people of the internet. So please do visit stayeducated.org and send us your thoughts. It could be about It's a Wonderful Life. It, David would very much so appreciate that. Love it. So head over to stayeducated.org. It's very simple. Just Ask us a question, give us your thoughts, see what's up. All right, today we're gonna talk about a teacher in California, shocker, teacher in California, uh, who's (laughs) receiving national attention for the queer library that she created in her classroom for students, of course, and it consists of more than 100 sexually graphic books. Of course, David. I mean, if you're gonna have a library in a school, (laughs) it better be sexually
2: graphic. Yeah, it better be queer and it better have that many. Anyway, a California school teacher's library included a book which said kink, uh, BDSM, was sexual liberation. I mean, in this library, there's material on orgies and BDSM. I don't even want to get into that right now. But the teachers in the Capistrano School District posted about a queer library in her classroom that was filled with over a hundred books, some of which contained sex imagery, information on orgies, sex parties, and more. So this is sick, but it looks like these are in a school near you. Could be a library, could be in the school itself, uh, could be a radical teacher just trying to get into the system. Now, we have some pictures. I think we just looked at a few of them there. Let's, Let's look at these books, shall we? This book is gay. Well, that's just uh, saying it flat out. How about a queer history of the United States? Katie, anything jump out at you as something that should be taught to children?
1: Um, none of those should be taught to children, first and foremost, but Danielle Serio there uh, is so proud of herself with her books and her little library, but I, apparently David Bowie Made Me Gay, 100 Years of LGBT Music. That's, wow, what a, what a book, I tell you right there. That should definitely be in a school library. Because David Bowie should be in everyone's school library. Uh. And the fact that David Bowie made me gay obviously makes the most sense. Uh, The A to Z of gender and sexuality, of course, we gotta have, you know, instead of encyclopedias about actual things that matter, we're just gonna do the A to Z of gender and sexuality. That makes more sense to me. Yes. Um, One of the books that is also in that library of hers is Juliet Takes a Breath by Gabby Rivera, which I it apparently, and I'm not looking at it, contains extremely graphic imagery of sex between women. So that's obviously needing to be in a school library. And in our friend, let's just take a look again at how proud our friend here, Danielle Serio, the teacher, wow. is of her collection of books. Uh, she is so proud that she even has them on a cart. And she look at her, the queer classroom library restocks. She's the
2: perverted cart. Let's emphasize something, Katie, that I, I didn't want people to be confused. Earlier, I said, your libraries, school libraries across the country have books like this. This is in her classroom. Mm-hmm.
1: This is very specific. And if she's doing this with over 100 books in her classroom, we already know all, not all, many, most school libraries have a lot of the books now that yes. are contained in her
2: private collection, if you will. One had uh, included information on sex parties and orgies. We're not making this up, guys, it's sad. Quote, saunas or bathhouses are dotted all over the country and they are perfectly legal. People pay money to enter and then they have a little sauna and according to the story, a bit of random sex. Again, it's fine as long as you're safe, right? Safe sex. But it says in the story, many saunas run lesbian nights. So this is going on, and the emphasis on safety, and you kind of go, okay. Please define safe, safe sex.
1: And uh, of course, our teacher here has it, it loves the TikTok, just loves being on the TikTok, <laughs> uh, and of course set her her profile and all that to be private, so we can't see videos in that of her, thankfully. But. Um, she had a little TikTok that we have screenshot that says, you know, when I hear a student casually gender me correctly, and she, and if you're just listening to us, she has her eyes closed and is like, mm, yes, I did it. Thank you. Thank you. And then there's another image, uh, which looks like she's flipping off the camera, I think. It says, when someone says a singular, singular they isn't grammatical, but you're a writing teacher with a master's degree. Oh, there it is. Again, as always, she is a writing teacher in English always English if you are an English person someone who likes reading and grammar and all that is only uh, please message me at stayeducated.org and tell me that there is someone out there who is saying who comes from the English world please please I'm looking for someone
2: So you wonder why it's so hard for a lot of people to trust the education system today. And this story is just another reminder. And there's a quote in here saying, um, it's been so long since a lot of parents were in school. I'm wondering if they have extreme or outdated views about what's happening in the classroom. So to them, everything's going, it's fine in the classroom. Anything goes, but parents and those fundamentalists and traditionalists and um, they're outdated. Anyway, we got to move on. Still to come, unlike California, Michigan school district removes seven LGBT books from public schools following numerous parent complaints that had to come first about proactive storylines and sexually graphic artwork. That's next. Stay with us.
0: If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app.
1: in Michigan, David's home state, there is one school district who uh, is correcting a wrong when it does come to books being available for students to check out and to read. It's in Dearborn, Michigan, where the district has pulled seven books from school libraries, including titles with LGBTQ themes. And it had to be, of course, after after parents complained because... The librarians are just putting out there whatever they want, and it has to take the parents paying attention, Please. knowing what their students are having access to in the school libraries for any anything to take place. So Dearborn Public Schools said the removal is temporary as it reviews the books that children can access at school libraries. One mother was shocked by some of the book's contents uh, after she told her daughter to check out a book titled Flamer, which oh we have boy. talked about here on Educated, oh. and found that it depicts sexually explicit acts between boys. Mother Stephanie Butler said, if these were just LGBT romance novels, that is completely appropriate. Where I draw the line is teaching them how to actually do the act. You know, when you put something into a kid's mind, it makes them want to do it more or try it. So this is a mom who isn't saying Oh, we can't have LGBT in our school. She's, she's saying just don't teach them about actually having sex, because then they will have sex. So she it's not like she's some far right winger, like everyone claims everyone else around here to be. She's just a mom who's like, stop teaching them about sexually explicit things, please. Do not put that into a book in the school library. Stop grooming. There we be. I like how you put it. Now, the Dearborn <laughs> School District said it would also restrict students' access to books available through an ebook app and platform. In the meantime, the district will begin reviewing over 100,000 titles in a process that could take a whole year. Now, I wonder... Based on what we talked about last week, with the moms who wanted to get who filed the FOIA right. to get a book list, how much? And money? it was going to cost
2: twelve hundred dollars.
1: Twelve hundred dollars. Let's see how much. Well, it takes a whole year to <sighs> review a hundred thousand titles. Again, shouldn't they have already been reviewed? Like when you go to purchase them initially, but. Psh, Now, parents can further provide feedback or share concerns about specific books in school libraries through a form, uh, and that basically they have no more time on that. They gave them a certain window to be able to do that. Now, another book that was upsetting parents is, hey, this book is gay, which we just saw in the last story as a couple different copies were available for students to check out in In California. Yeah, of course. Now, the. Uh, That book, This Book Is Gay, has a description that says, This candid, funny, and uncensored exploration of sexuality and what it's like to grow up LGBTQ also includes real stories from people across the gender and sexual spectrums, not to mention hilarious illustrations.
2: Hilarious. Let's check out this quick video.
1: STEPHANIE BUTLER SAYS HER DAUGHTER CHECKED THIS BOOK OUT
2: TODAY AT EDZEL Ford HIGH SCHOOL. IT'S TITLED FLAMER. IT DEPICTS SEXUALLY EXPLICIT ACTS BETWEEN YOUNG BOYS, SOME WITH GRAPHIC DESCRIPTIONS. YOU KNOW, WHEN YOU PUT SOMETHING IN A KID'S
1: MIND, IT MAKES THEM WANT TO DO IT MORE OR TRY IT. BUTLER HAS SUBMITTED COMPLAINTS ABOUT SIX DIFFERENT BOOKS, SOME AVAILABLE IN PERSON AND OTHERS THROUGH THE SCHOOL SORA APP.
0: WHAT WE'RE DOING IS WE'RE EVALUATING THE BOOKS THAT ARE IN OUR INVENTORY.
1: The district says they have more than 100,000 titles to go through. At a school board meeting, Dr. Ross Groover, a consultant for the district's curriculum, says seven books were temporarily pulled per the
2: request of parents. We've also temporarily removed student access to all e-books that are available through the Sora app in the Wayne Consortium. And the Dearborn Public Library Overdrive Collections.
0: Community members took turns speaking on the issue,
1: some for the ban and others against.
2: No one has a right to censor for someone else, except a parent for their child. As public officials, it's your duty to try to maintain as wide a access to information
1: as possible. So, this does fall into the question of government censorship book banning, book burning, all of that thing. Well, it it would be, yes, it would fall into that. So the question is, which books are allowed in and which books are not allowed in? And this, just so the Dearborn school district was very clear about it, the district's communications chief, David Mustonen, had assured the community that the district was not banning books, they were just evaluating them. So this is, anytime we talk about books, <laughs> People come down on this side saying all books should be available. Some people come down on this side saying absolutely not. These books should not be available. I'm just reporting on the facts. Okay,
2: parents, parents, parents. If you still have kids in the public schools, you see what's happening here, right? Even if you're a new viewer to Educated, you see what's going on across the country. Things get taken down or pulled out of the libraries after parents Complain. You've got to be active. Assume, make the assumption that it's already in the school library, it's already in the curriculum, it's already in your son or daughter's classroom. You have to. And then try to get more parents to go along with you. Fight.
1: All right, coming up, a new website just went online that allows college professors to rate their campus administrators. So their boss is kind of, ooh, this could get a little spicy. We're talking about it next.
0: Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company.
1: Well, we're at an interesting time, David. Yes, we are. We got to get ready for the tables to turn because we have a new website that allows faculty members, staff, and graduate students, ooh, the grad students get in on this, to rate their university officials. RateYourCampusAdmin.com allows anonymous faculty members, ooh, this will be good, to evaluate senior campus administrators. So you've probably heard of RateYourProfessor.com, RateYourProf.com. This is a play on that, essentially. This time, instead of the students evaluating the the professors, it's now the professors and the grad students and that evaluating the even more higher ups. So, ooh, it's gonna get spicy. As the front page states, at RateYourCampusAdmin.com, you will have the power to evaluate the performance of the senior administrators on your campus through a thoroughly researched, robust means for aggregating expert opinions about the quality of the service they deliver to your community. Also on the homepage, uh, there are a series of questions, such as, are you tired of having little, <laughs> having little voice over the decisions on your campus? Yes. And are you concerned about the spiraling costs of senior administration? Yes. Do you think accountability is a two-way street? Yes. You know somehow that I'm sure is is like racist or something that, <laughs> that it's a two-way street. Anyway, <laughs> uh, they believe in the power of symmetry and transparency of open evaluation for and by faculty at rateyourcampusadmin.com. You will have the power to evaluate the performance of the senior administrators on your campus through and then I, as I said, a thoroughly researched, robust means. Ooh, I like all the the terminology they're using on that. On the front page, they have there. Now, the site said that the goal is to give the faculty the power, as you saw, of symmetry. They want some symmetry there and transparency uh, as they do this whole overall, you know, likeness and all that with the senior administrators. Now, this was created by someone actually out in California, which kind of shocks me huh. University of California, San Diego, sociologist named Juan Pablo Pardo Guerra. He created the website, just launched it early this month uh, in September, and he created it as a critique of the grading and evaluations of academics, according to the comments he posted on Twitter and an interview with the Chronicle of Higher Education. Now, Pardo Guerrera said the project started out as a bit of a funny joke and a criticism of higher education, but he's open to the possibility that the website could actually serve a purpose. And I think if there are plenty of professors out there who, because you can be anonymous about it, hmm. would actually be able, more able, more likely to speak their mind. And maybe the administrators will take a look at it maybe. But then again, there are like a million administrators on every college campus. So how does, <laughs> who actually is going to see it amongst all of them? I will see what happens.
2: Well, I would love to see more of these things for students and um, college students, I'm sure would have a lot to say.
1: Well, I mean, they have the professor's one, but most college kids, I don't think they have any idea who the administrators are, unless you work like I did. For the college newspaper, you never even know who, who, if you went right now and said, who's your college president, how many students could actually, or your chancellor, they probably don't even know if they have a president or a chancellor or what the terminology is, but the administrators across the board, man, That would be interesting.
2: When I first heard this, I'm going, yes, it sounds like a great idea. And then I thought, and then that other thought came in. And then the thought came in. Um, Faculty is rating their campus administrators. And I'm going, most faculty are liberal, left, progressive. Most administrators are liberal, left, progressive. Are they just going to be scratching each other's back?
1: Oh, maybe a little itch, a little itch here, a little little tickle. Anyway, (laughs) before we go, is up next. Plus, David and I, again, have more fun facts to share with you because we just like talking about ourselves apparently. All right, make sure you stick around.
0: We wanna hear from you. If you have a question or comment for Katie, David, or any of our other show hosts, simply visit stayeducated.org. That's stayeducated.org and submit your question or comment. Our team loves to hear from you and might just give you a shout out on air. Again, visit stayeducated.org and connect with us.
2: All right, before we go, let's discuss birthdays for a second. Katie, when were you born? What month?
1: The great month that is known as December.
2: December, where mm. are you? My wife as well. <gasps> See, we're great. What month were you born in? April. Mm,
1: okay.
2: April. Well, according to a new trend, planning for a September baby is actually a thing. A woman by the name of Katie (laughs) Howell says she and her husband deliberately targeted September for the birth of their baby because they didn't want their child to have a rough start in school. The Institute for Fiscal Studies says August babies can struggle with reading and writing, do worse on exams and are more likely to drop out of school by the age of 16. Oh, poor August people. On the contrary, by the age of seven, 80% of kids born in September reached their expected education level compared to 53% of girls and 47% of boys who arrived a month earlier. And when they hit 11, girls with the so-called August penalty had a 25% higher likelihood of developing a special need. For boys, it was 14%. Katie, what do you think of this idea of planning for September babies. I
1: think it's absolutely asinine. Thank you. Personally, I have a brother who was born in August and guess what? He He turned out okay? He turned out a-okay.
2: I think of that earth, wind, and fire song. Do you remember uh, uh, when it was like September? All Mm -hmm. right, we all know the man on the street interviews never seem to paint people as the smartest among us but this little video from uh, Justin Awad and our friends at Fleckus Talks drops our expectations even lower for the newest voting generational. God help us, watch this and weep for humanity. What country is the Queen of England from? What is a country, what is a country, what is a country? Canada. (laughs) Yes. Do you know what time this is? 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, uh, 245. Yes. Do you know what country we gained our independence from? Spain. Yes. How many inches are in two feet? I don't know. (laughs) Around how many inches? Um... If you had to guess. Five? Yes. Do you know what two countries border the USA? No. Like What's on top of us and what's below us?
1: Um... Isn't the North Pole below us?
2: I love these. I love these, but I don't think people take them seriously because they're so bad. Young, this generation young people just do not know the basics. Katie, what do you think about just a few of those questions?
1: And if you watch the entire thing, it gets even worse. Although the, so, mm, those are some good ones. The fact that we're at the point now where they're not even embarrassed. They're just like, they I don't even off. know what a country is. <laughs> like, ha ha ha, ha, ha. I don't know. I'm so cool. Um, is this gonna be on TikTok later? Where can I find it? Yeah. The fact that they're not even embarrassed, they're not even going to go and try and figure it out. Weep.
2: There's a reason I refer to us as the United States of Entertainment. Finally, let's wrap things up with everyone's favorite satire site, the Babylon Bee. Here are this week's top five Babylon Bee headlines. Well, as always, we picked our favorite Babylon Bee headlines to see which one should be crowned Queen of the Hive. We start with... Obamas construct new cages at Martha's Vineyard to hold arriving migrants. Next. Martha's Vineyard resident calls police to report a Hispanic in the neighborhood not operating a leaf blower. Next. After dealing with Martha's Vineyard HOA, migrants decide to go back and take their chances with the cartels. Next. Seeing outpourings of love for Queen, Biden considers also dying to boost approval ratings, and finally, nine pastors reveal their pre-sermon walk-up song. Katie, um, especially those first two or three. I oh, mean, if, if you there's guys, a theme. There's you, you a theme. You know the headlines. They they're okay if it happens in Texas or Arizona, the southern border, but you do keep those undocumented immigrants away from Martha's away from Vineyard. My,
1: how dare they come? It's, it's inhumane, as yeah. they say, that where's they get the, anywhere near my garden. Where's their leaf blower? Where is the leaf blower? <laughs> I, because those three, the first three were all the same, I'm gonna go with Biden, being jealous of the queen dying, and basically <laughs> saying he's considering dying to boost his approval.
2: Oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean. well, it's, it's great when you get Katie to laugh at so almost good. every one of them. Anyway, oh. go be. Uh, that's going to wrap it up. This for this segment. More to come next time. Katie.
1: All right. Well, before we let you go, hold on. Just a moment, David and I want to find uh, some more fun facts out to give to you, and so we're going to we're going to share them one by one. And first, my fun fact is I have had one hat for 22 years. It has become a bit of my
2: signature. You've had that for 22 years. 22 years.
1: This baby's going strong.
2: Wow. It looks like it's Be- pretty, it's yep. in decent shape. It's in great
1: shape because I'm so short. That's how people see me in the crowds. How my husband finds me. Oh, there she oh, is. And the hat. Over there. See the hat.
2: All right. How many times have you washed that in 22 years? You're supposed to wash these? Just kidding. I, I wash it. <laughs> it. All right. My fun fact of the day. Jamaica missions trip. What you're looking at is a children's school in Kingston, Jamaica that I visited in the year 2000 on a missions trip with food for the poor. Now, most of these kids you see here did not have parents. We visited a part of the island that no one ever sees on the postcards and travel brochures. I'm serious, Families living in tin shacks or cardboard, no fresh water, uh, no electricity. Um, Children were sent to the city garbage dump to look for food or recyclables. I've seen, I even took the bus out to the dump to actually take pictures and see this. Kids going through there, it's actually unbelievable. And yet, you you contrast that with the beautiful postcards of Jamaica with the blue water and the sandy beaches and the the sailboats Um, with some government, uh, tourism trumps caring for the poor and needy. So that was a very eye-opening, even though I knew it was happening, very eye-opening trip for me. So if you have a chance, if you're young, have a chance to go on a little missions trip, go see parts of the world that are impoverished or you're not getting the full story from the media.
1: Well, and I mean, if you're present day here in the U.S., you could just send people to Martha's Vineyard, but that would be, <laughs> that would be inhumane to do.
2: <laughs> they wouldn't accept you as missionary. They
1: would though. not. I guess not. All right. Well, there you go fellow friends. Make sure you smash that like button if you're watching us on social media and please do send us your feedback. What do you think of my hat? How do you like it? I honestly do wear this all the time. Uh, Send the feedback at stayeducated.org for David and myself and my hat. Please, please send us that feedback. Hit that like button. And? And thank you for watching, listening, and supporting the show. Until next time, stay educated.
0: Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel. Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project
2: Media app. Copyright 2022.